listening to the Broke Generation podcast, the podcast that helps you feel better about money so you can be better with money. My name's Emma and I'm your host. Not so long ago, I was a bit of a hot money mess. But now, through getting to know myself and my relationship with money on a deeper level, I've managed to turn my finances around. And I want to help you do the same thing. This podcast will become your number one place for finance that makes you feel good by bringing you new insights into managing money in your 20s and 30s and breaking down the financial, lifestyle and career barriers that face our generation every day. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. I acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which I'm recording and you are listening to this podcast today. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Broke Generation podcast. It feels like it's been a long time since I've recorded a podcast, particularly a solo episode. I actually think that it might have been, well, I think I think it feels like a long time because it has been a long time. <laughs> imagine that. But yeah, I thought I would sit down with you today and have a little bit of a solo chat. I've been getting a lot of feedback, like when I've asked about what you want to hear on the podcast or what you like hearing on the podcast. Something a few people have said is that they want to hear like more about me, which is confronting, (laughs) but also that they want some more solo episodes because I know there's been a lot of guest episodes this year. Sometimes I've sort of fallen off of my wagon of alternating like guest solo, guest solo, mostly just because of scheduling stuff and being able to get hold of people that I want to have on the show. And I've like recorded the episode with them and obviously want it to go out in a you know, moderately timely manner. I do batch record in advance, but if I've had a really great conversation with someone, I'm like, well, I want to get it out. And I had found that when I was peppering solo episodes in between, it would be like months and months before episodes would go out. So luckily I am back on the solo wagon today. I was a bit worried I was going to have to recast another solo episode. If you've noticed, I've had a couple of recasted episodes lately, full disclosure, just because I've been too busy. And I was like, oh, I don't have a solo episode. But I'm going to sit down and have a little chat with you about sliding doors moments. I don't know if anyone else feels like this, but I kind of love us. I love talking about sliding doors moments. I remember one time, I think it was, I don't know if it was recorded on the episode or if we were just chatting about it. No, I'm pretty sure it was recorded on the episode. Months and months and months ago, probably over a year ago now, I recorded an episode with Kelly Scott, who is a journalist for the ABC. And we talked about something that she talks about regularly online, which was motherhood indecision. And one of the topics that she talked to me about was this concept of the ghost ship like the life you didn't lead based on certain decisions or certain things that happened to you. I just like, I love those conversations. And I'm making a mental note to bring that up the next time I'm at like a networking event or something, because this introverted only wants to talk about deep things gal. That's something to have in my back pocket next time someone asks me a generic question. I'm going to be like, no, 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 no. Tell me about the life you didn't lead. (laughs) In fact, that's your challenge. If you're listening to this, bring that question up somewhere (laughs) or ask about sliding doors moments, because I think today's episode might get you thinking about some of yours. So just on the off chance you're not familiar with what the fuck I'm talking about, when I say sliding doors moments, I mean like, I I wonder if the term actually came from that movie Sliding Doors or not. But yeah, it, it means, you know, where something happened in your life, either a decision or something that happened and it kind of changed the course of your life and it kind of went that way because slightly because of the sliding doors that were overlapping at that time at least I think so lol if I've totally made that up (laughs) but 
that is what I'm talking about today. So I've got four sliding doors moments that really completely changed the course of my life. And it's a bit spooky to think about what my life would look like if these things hadn't happened, because some of them are quite significant. So let's just dive right into it. As podcasters say, fucking 18 minutes into every episode. No, you know, I try and keep it brief. So the first one is my university choices and how that decision changed a lot more for me than just what I ended up studying. So I'll take you all the way back to, what would it have been, 20, no, 2007, 2008? No, 2000, it would have been 2009, sorry, I can't add up. Taking you all the way back to 2009, and I guess sort of the couple of years prior to that as well. We are at school and everyone's like filling in their uni applications and stuff. And I was just like, oh my God, like I don't know what I want to do. But I didn't even really consciously realise I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I did, but not in a let me go and get help kind of a way. In like a, oh well, (laughs) I'll just leave it and decide later or deal with it later. And I was around a lot of people that knew exactly what they wanted to do. So that kind of made it even more like weird I didn't know what I wanted to do and I hadn't gone to like uni open days and I eventually went to one that was like only about half an hour away from where from my hometown and that was totally not the plan like when I was looking at unis conceptually I was looking at going really far away like up north going somewhere big I really wanted to go and live in London but none of the London unis were really like accessible to me and I just never really put the plans in motion, classic me. And then it kind of got to it and I was like, oh, I have to apply somewhere. So I put in some applications that like I knew I'd get in for. So I put in applications for a course called hospitality management, which would have been like business skills in managing restaurants. There was like a cooking, chefing component, like all kinds of things. And the only reason I did that was because I loved hotels and I loved working in my restaurant job. And so I put that in and you don't need very high grades to get into it. So I was like, oh, you know, it's easy. It's not like I'm going to be striving to get certain grades because my grades were like, okay, but they weren't amazing. I I got like one A, a couple of Bs and a C or something like that, or maybe all all Bs and Cs. I'm, I'm not sure now. I actually can't remember. Anyway, I wasn't a genius by any means. And I hadn't strategically chosen my subjects for year 12 and 13 either which did not help because anything that I did think about doing, like I hadn't taken English, for example, and all of the sort of like media, magazine, that sort of like, you know, how to lose a guy in 10 days type of dream. All of those kinds of courses you need to have, need to have English or you need to have three A's. And I hadn't got the grades for those things and I hadn't done the right subjects. So somewhere along the line, I'd, I'd gone and viewed this local open day just because it was nearby and I didn't need to like take it off for school to go and stuff like that. And I went and viewed it and I was like, oh yeah, like, it's fine. Maybe I'll go here. And then I like applied to go there and I got in because you needed like a C and two Ds or something. So I was fine <laughs> to do this hospitality management course. And then I was like, oh God, I've got to arrange student accommodation because I didn't want to live at home. I wanted to move out. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. But because this had all been so last minute, I kind of missed out on the opportunity to get into like student dorms, student halls. The uni that I was going to as well also happened to be one of the unis where there weren't enough halls for all of the first years. So you had to go into like housing accommodation instead and I was like okay fine I'll have to do that like I'll I'll work something out all really last minute and then a friend of mine who 
was in my year and she was going to be living with two people from the year above us that were also going to that uni. She said, do you want to live with us? Because I've had an argument with this girl that was supposed to be taking the other room. And I was like, oh, do I live with them? Because like, I know one of the girls and I didn't really know the other two. One of the other ones happened to be her boyfriend. So I knew him a bit, but I didn't know him really. And then the other other girl, like I knew her, but I knew her name, but I didn't know her at all. Didn't know anything about her. I was like, oh, do I want to live with them? Or will that like keep me in my comfort zone? Like, should I push myself out a bit more? But then I'd heard of like loads of horror stories of people that didn't get into the halls and got put in the uni housing and I was like oh well considering I'm not going to be in halls and I'm going to be in a house anyway maybe I should just live with them and I remember the split second decision when I was like yeah okay I'll live with them because I was sitting on the floor of my bathroom (laughs) and I'd asked my mum about it and she was like I can't really remember what it was she said but I think she was like yeah maybe just so that it's sorted out and then it's like the stress is done you don't need to worry about finding somewhere so I was like yeah okay I'll live with them and I'll kind of work out what I'm going to do for the second year interestingly I'm like working out where to go with the story now so I said I would live with them and if I hadn't made that one decision I wouldn't be well I I definitely wouldn't be living the life I'm living now I almost definitely wouldn't be in Australia because if I hadn't made that decision I wouldn't have met my now husband so that decision, I moved in with these three people and I knew that one of my friends was one of the girls that would be living there, but I didn't know the other girl at all. And we didn't have heaps of stuff in common. Like I, I didn't, you know, think anything about it. I was like, yeah, we'll really get along. Like we'll probably be civil and we'll become like housemate friends. But there was no reason for us to have had anything like deeper than that. Anyway, we ended up getting along really well. And so we lived together again in the second year, but then she had graduated and gone on to other things, whereas I still had two years to go. So she went off and was living in London. And then we ended up saying that we would live together again when I moved to London after uni. And that summer before, so that summer that I'd finished uni and I was going to move up to London with her, I had a bit of a wobble and I was like, oh, do I want to move to London? Because I'd ended up having a really good summer down in my uni town and I'd made friends at the restaurant I was working at and I was like oh do I want to stay here and go to London next year like what should I do and then I'd said like no I said we were going to live together like I want to do that let's do that so then we moved I moved back up to London I'd been up there for a year like in a in between my other course as well but then I moved back there and lived with this girl that I've been living with before and within four months not even two months of us living in London, she started dating this guy who ended up being my now husband's husband's best friend. So she starts dating this guy. I don't want to use names just for privacy, but she starts dating this guy and he is over traveling from Australia. He's Australian too. He's over traveling with his friend. So me and my housemate are like, oh, this poor guy, like they're both traveling in Australia together and his friend's got a bloody girlfriend. Like we'll invite him to do things and stuff like that so we did a few things as a four and me and my now husband were just like friendly or whatever and yeah like I me and my friend had joked like imagine if I fell in love with him and we got married (laughs) and spoiler alert we did so that you know from there obviously that ended up being like pretty much the rest of my life because two years later I ended up moving to Australia and before that we had been long distance and now here we are and you know COVID we got stuck here and all that stuff and so I trace it all back to that decision where if I hadn't moved in with 
into the house at the very last minute because of that argument, which was all started because the girl that was meant to be living there threw a drink at the other girl I was living with. So I literally, like, in my mind, I like feel like I rewind it back like a replay tape of, like, she's throwing a drink in her face and the rest of the course of my life completely changes. So I don't know. It's I don't know if anyone else has any moments like that, but I think it's just, I think about it quite a lot because I'm a bit like, those tiny insignificant decisions can completely change everything. And I'm like, what would I be doing if I hadn't moved into that house? There's, there's almost no way I would have met him otherwise. Although, I, I mean, I may have been in London, so unless we had met completely by chance, but I don't necessarily believe in that kind of thing. So anyway, cute little story for you. So I had another sliding doors moment sort of, not so much sliding doors, more of a like decision that changed my life or moment that changed my life. So in the final year of my uni course, well, actually, there's kind of two within this. So in the uni course I mentioned before, the hospitality management one, I ended up not doing that course because, of course, classic me, not only had I left this all to the last minute, I'd completely enrolled in a course I didn't want to do. (laughs) And I kind of knew that, but it took me to join all the like Facebook groups of hospitality management 2009 year ones and stuff like that I'd signed up to everything I was enrolled in all the classes and the only thing I hadn't done was put in my order for like the chef stuff I would need for the practical classes and I was like I don't want to do this I didn't I don't really know what it was it was like a gut feeling but I was like something about it I was like no I can't do this. And this was days before. (laughs) This was days before the course started. I talked about this a little bit more in my business story on broke business. If you find this boring story remotely interesting, go and check that out. (laughs) Because I talk a bit more about how everything led to being self-employed. But yeah, so I emailed the uni and was like, you have to help me. I can't do this course. (laughs) And I was like, if you have any spaces on like advertising and media. And I was like, fucking as if these are the courses that you needed three A's for. And I was like, can I just slip in (laughs) at the back? And they were like, no, that's one of our most popular courses and it's full. So I was like, oh, okay. But they said they've got this course called Leisure Marketing which was very similar to the core marketing course, but it was just like a little bit more vocational. It was effectively an overflow course for everybody that didn't get into or like me had existential crisis the day before. So we were all a bit of like mismatch. I don't know that many people had chosen it. I think a lot of people go there when they didn't get onto the main marketing course. I think anyway. So that was a bit of a sliding doors moment in a way because it was a very much like, I know I don't want to do that course. What can you give me? And then on the first day, I met my best friend because we were both like loitering outside thinking, is this the right classroom? (laughs) And then we just ended up being friends ever since. And we're still friends now. So that was sort of a sort of less of a like really distinctive sequence of events. But I would have completely different friends if I hadn't made that decision to change courses as well. Within that, that meant that I ended up with the dissertation tutor that I had because I think she, I mean, of course, there's a very slim eventuality that I would have had the same tutor on a different course. But in the final year, on the fourth year, you like produce a research project, like a dissertation for your honours component. And you get given a dissertation tutor who's like your point of contact and you go and like tell them about what research you're thinking of doing and they tell you like how your literature reviews and stuff are going like that. And I didn't click with her at first. (laughs) 
I got one of the mean ones. But we ended up bonding, actually, because I had a, a mental health glitch and uh, some other stuff was happening, like family-wise, and she was actually really lovely. Anyway, pointless bit of the story. It was during a meeting with her that she said to me, because I was sort of trying to get my word count down. I'm one of those annoying people that writes really fast and doesn't struggle with word counts. I struggle with going over word counts. So where everyone else was doing like 10,000 words with 10% under, I was like pushing. I think at one point I had 20,000 words and I had to cut it down. And in trying to work out what to cut out, she said to me, Emma, look, I know you're a really good writer. You clearly have a talent for writing, but this isn't about writing well. This is about getting the research out in a succinct way or something to that degree. And I was like, what? She was like, this is really well written. Like, it's lovely to read, but it doesn't need to be lovely to read. It needs to be like to the point. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't know I was good at writing. I always knew I liked writing and I knew that I always wanted extra paper and exams because I had so much to say. But if she hadn't said that, I never would have entertained the idea of writing being a career for me. I didn't know that copywriting, which is what I do, what I've done in my jobs and what I do as a freelancer now, on the side of the broke generation that's what I do now and that's what I went on to do but I didn't know that existed I didn't know that you could get paid to write things online and in a way it was sort of evolving because there's obviously social media and blogs and stuff that hadn't really reached their peak at this point but I knew that you could be a writer by being like a journalist or working in media or sort of more traditional marketing but I didn't know that there was a specific job for writing words in a commercial setting so I would never would have found that out if she hadn't given me the the confidence of saying you're a really good writer and I mean she could have been talking shit like who does she know like maybe she doesn't know I'm a good writer maybe I wasn't a good writer but because she said that to me I was like oh maybe that's what I want to do which was actually so lucky because it was really down to the wire in terms of you know everybody sort of knew what they wanted to what kind of jobs they were going to go into and that kind of thing at the end of uni and this was like right at the end of the fourth year and I was like I've got no idea what I'm gonna do (laughs) and luckily she said that to me and that ended up kind of paving my whole career path so I ended up spending the next two years like trying to be a copywriter not succeeding very well because again it does help if you had no this is probably incorrect at that time in 2013 it helped if you had an English English degree English A-level or equivalent or a journalism degree or something to that effect. Like those are all ranked a lot higher than little old me with my one anecdote that I'm a good writer. (laughs) I always had no contacts or anything like that. So I really had no way in at all. But luckily the online landscape was evolving at that time. So I was able to just write my arse off for free and build up a portfolio of work online that I could send. And, And that is one good thing about a writing career. You can you can give examples of your work so people can see that you can write, which was really good. And then, yeah, from that, I ended up writing when I came to Australia as well, because I sent emails out to companies being like, help, I'm moving to Australia and I've never had a career before. Because I'd been working in a restaurant after uni because I couldn't get any jobs as a copywriter. And yeah, that's where I kind of refined my craft. So another kind of decision or moment that changed my life. I, I wonder if I would have found copywriting anyway, because I'd sort of A bit like I said before, even though I didn't know what I wanted to do, I was always very drawn to that Devil Wears Prada, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Ugly Betty, sort of like media, magazines, journalism, news, that kind of thing. And obviously then I tumbled into social media as it evolved because as did many people in marketing and and copy, like moving into producing content as content marketing evolved. So 
I think maybe I would have found it anyway, but also I I don't know. I don't know if I would have ever found the confidence because nobody had ever told me that that's something I was good at before. I wasn't ever one of those kids that was like always had my nose in a book or I occasionally wrote short stories, but I don't think anybody read them or, or said anything to me about it. I always wrote in my journal or my diary or whatever. But again, obviously that wasn't like published work <laughs> for anyone to give me feedback on. So yeah, I don't know how I would have known what I was going to do otherwise. The third decision that sort of changed the course of my life sort of didn't. It's a decision that I didn't make this time. So when I was at my job that I had in 2019, so I had started the Broke Generation at this time. So you may have followed me since back then. If you did, hello, lovely to lovely, lovely to have had you since the early days. There was no podcast at that time. It was just my Instagram and my blog. Good old blog. <laughs> apparently they're coming around again so stay tuned I was at I was working in e-commerce as a copywriter I hadn't done anything like that before I'd been working more in like service professional services type copywriting before or like agencies writing copy for multiple different clients this time I had gone in-house and I was working in a small e-commerce startup and the director of that business offered me a significant sort of roadmap for going forward in my career. It was it wasn't like an immediate promotion, but it was sort of like a trajectory of like I see you sort of doing this 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 and this and it was much more like senior leadership role it would have like grown with the business and, and I've seen online now the business has continued to grow, so I was thinking that's what sparked the idea for this episode actually because I was like, "Oh, what would it have been like if I had done that?" And yeah, it would have been like he was offering me a trajectory to earn like good money. Like I think, was it like eventually going up to something around $200,000, I think? Australian dollars, obviously. I can't fully remember the numbers because I never really seriously entertained the idea, which is actually really interesting. But at that time, my mental health was pretty in check ish <laughs> but i was pretty confident i had some i had a decent amount of confidence and i was i was doing pretty well and so i was fairly certain in myself that i knew it was a hell no you know that if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no it wasn't a hell yes at all it was a uh, no so i said no and I said no on the basis that I saw myself wanting to work for myself and I saw something in the broke generation. I saw how much I like the flexibility of freelancing and also just from a logistical perspective, I wasn't willing or like mentally ready to commit to a long-term career trajectory that meant I had to be in Australia. Even though it, like, it necessarily didn't because there was sort of potential for global expansion, but equally you know, there was no guarantee of that. It's not like they had an office in London that I could knew I could transfer to or anything. It was like, oh, maybe kind of thing. So I had said like, no, that's not what I want. But obviously that was, for me, that was the only whiff of that kind of money that I've ever, ever had any kind of proximity to ever. You know, working as a copywriter, and it would have meant not being a copywriter anymore. It would have been like a senior kind of management-y, leadership-y type thing. And again, don't get me wrong, this wasn't, it's not like it was a KPMG type situation where that pathway was already there and that's what I was on a roll to. You always take risks with startups, so it's not like any of it was guaranteed anyway. But I think the thing that I kind of look back on now is like that was three years ago. God. 
nearly four years ago, three and a half years ago, and I'm nowhere, nowhere, nowhere near that kind of money as be, like being self-employed now. So I'm like, oh, what, like, what could my finances have been like if I had taken that? It's not like a regret thing because I knew that it wasn't right. And if I had taken that, I would have wondered what it would have been like to do my own thing. So I don't regret it at all. And like I said, I don't think I ever really truly entertained it because it just wasn't what I wanted and it wasn't the lifestyle I wanted or the commitment that I wanted. But being a person who's never had that kind of sights on that kind of money before, that's what I was going to go on to say before, being a copywriter or working in marketing and that kind of thing. And I'd always worked for small businesses and this was a small business as well. I just hadn't ever had any kind of sight on money like that. And I think that walking away from that was probably the most confronting part because you kind of wonder like, should I have, was that my shot at getting that? Because it's not like anybody in my family's ever earned that kind of money, like anybody I even know, like that's just so separate from me. And that's probably the thing that weighs on my mind a tiny bit. But like, like I say, it's not in a regret way. It's just in like a curiosity kind of way because I'm so far from it now. I'm like, oh, will I ever get Will I ever get to it? Like, what if I could have seen both outcomes play out and and see what that's like? And yeah, I don't know. Just interesting that if I had taken that, I could be in a different place now. I could equally be in a much worse place. It's not always not even about better and worse. It's just about my life could have taken a significantly different turn if I had taken that job. And the last decision that's, you know, actually I've gone out of chronological order because this happened before all of that, but just starting the broke generation because, <clears throat> sorry, I need another drink. I remember talking about starting the broke generation. I think I'd mentioned it as an idea to my partner And I remember he said to me, you just got to think about whether you've got the time to do it. And I was like, yeah, you're so right. Because, you know, I'm I'm sure I'm not alone in the fact I'd had many blogs over the years. (laughs) And that's what I wanted to start. I wanted to start a website because I wanted to write blogs and I wanted to have my name to that work so that I could like use it as a resource to get other jobs. I'd obviously thought in my mind a little bit what it could be because I was thinking at that point, you know, we're enjoying this aesthetic consumable media about things that aren't finance you know that's what we're going to social media and websites and and sort of fun engaging what, what's the word sort of like media focused content I suppose rather than news like we're looking at that kind of thing and we're looking to individuals to learn about how to do our makeup and how to do workouts and that kind of thing and I thought what if it could be that but for learning about finances so I had a vision of what not really long term but just sort of in terms of if it did get eyeballs onto it but my like realistic approach was to use it as a tool to get other jobs and I was like maybe it could get like sponsored by someone (laughs) and yeah I was incredibly lucky that it did but yeah I remember talking about the idea and oh should I do this and should I not and I remember I wrote 30 blog articles before I even launched the website so that I could drip feed them out to make sure that I was going to be committed to it and I was ahead of myself with content I'd bloody love to be that organised now, but <laughs> at one point, clearly I had some some sort of self-control over my time or whatever, I don't know. But yeah, I wonder what would happen if I hadn't started that. Would I have ended up in finance? Who knows? I'd already sort of started sorting out my own finances at that time, because that's kind of what sparked it. That and people not knowing 
you know, my realization that the information that I needed wasn't out there and that things were really confusing and blah, 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 blah. But I just wonder what, like, what would I have been doing with all my time in like my spare time at first outside of work and career wise, where would I have been if I hadn't started that? Like a lot of my friends have come from starting the broke generation and that kind of thing. So yeah. I don't know, bit of a reflective point. Let me know if you have got any sliding doors moments. I'm trying to think if I've got any more. Maybe I'll have to do a follow-up if I think of any more. But I think that those are probably the most like punctuating points in my life that have significantly changed the course of my life. So I hope you enjoyed listening to those. This was very much an unplanned, unscripted <laughs> head what's the word brain dump chat but you said you wanted to hear more personal stories so I hope this is what I hope this is what you ordered (laughs) thank you so much for listening let me know your sliding doors moments and let me know if you enjoyed this if you did I would love if you shared it with a friend or left a five-star review on apple podcasts or a a rating I think they call it on spotify it really helps more people find the show thank you for listening I will see you in the next one bye Thank you.